Are you in need of a grant writer? Look no more. My name is Alexis Williams, CEO of Grants by Lexi. I am a consultant who helps visionaries diversify their funding without the stress in politics. Give me a call at 214-994-9452 or email me at grantsbylexi at gmail.com or check out my website at grantsbylexi.now.site. Looking to hear from you soon. The champ is here! Tired of going down the black hole of grant research, only to become dizzy and confused? Don't know where or how to start? Looking to get into the grant profession? Need answers? What's truth? And what's myth? How can I find a grant writer? Well, I'm glad you asked. Lady Grant Scribes started our podcast to be able to answer all your questions. To be your personal teachers and guides on what to do and how to do. We're going to give you all the secrets. That's right. All of the grant writers' secrets. We're taking you behind the veil. The Lady Grant Scribes are here at your service. Tired of going down the black hole of grant research, only to become dizzy and confused? Don't know where or how to start? Looking to get into the grant profession? Need answers. What's truth? And what's myth? How can I find a grant writer? Well, I'm glad you asked. Lady Grant Scribes started our podcast to be able to answer all your questions. To be your personal teachers and guides on what to do and how to do. We're going to give you all the secrets. That's right. All of the grant writers' secrets. We're taking you behind the veil. The Lady Grant Scribes are here at your service. Hey guys, you're tuned into Lady Grant Scribes. This is episode three. Wow, Brittany, we on the roll, girl. It's episode three. I just, I'm excited where this podcast is going. Right? This is three. Um, You know what they say, good things happen in threes. Yes, it does. I like threes, so you know. (laughs) Three is not a it's not magic, it's not lucky, but it's it's something. Good yeah, right. In threes. We on the road. Uno dos tres. We are on the road. Hey guys, you're tuned in with Lady Grant Scribes, where we are all about the grant world and making sure that you guys know the truth and can find your grant writer. Right in front of you. So we're here at your service. And that's Alexis too. That's her too. Yeah, I'm Lexi and this is Britt. And we're excited just to be able to take you guys, we like to say, behind the veil. (laughs) Um, Where all the secrets, grant secrets, helping your organization thrive and be the best that they could be. Uh, Also, uh, we want to be able to help people who want to break into the industry of grant writing. 
So we just gonna jump in, right, Brittany? We just gonna jump right on in how we do. Yes. Just keep it real here. Because we not going we we don't do well with that narrative of oh, all you gotta do is work hard and you and believe you can. No, we we here to break <laughs> that up and just say, hey, listen, <laughs> there's a formulation and a method you have to do, and it's one, two, right. three. So let's <laughs> let's help you help you. <laughs> Right, and guys, we created this podcast to help the the up and coming grant professional who um, want to get in the industry, as well as our nonprofit organizations. We definitely know that it is hard to get advice on things that you need, and you're a nonprofit, you're on a budget. Um, so right. just in case you can't necessarily afford um a grant writer, or you know, here's some tips that you guys can probably do yourself. And so um, we're just going to dive in. This episode for episode three, guys, is the ultimate nonprofit startup checklist. So in episode one and two, we was kind of getting you guys ears tantalizing <laughs> about what is grants, what is a nonprofit organization, some things that we've experienced in the industry, kind of alerting you guys on um, to watch out for scam scammers. Um, so on this episode, we're just going to bring it all home, roll it up in a biscuit, put some butter on it, so y'all can simmer butter. on it. <laughs> Slap some um, gravy on it. Yes. Slap some gravy on it. Y'all know I'm from, I'm a thick girl and I'm from the South, so. <laughs> so from the South. I like to eat though, so, you know. Right. So we're just going to make sure that we put it in this crock pot so it can simmer so you guys can meditate on all the tools that you need and to make sure you're ready as a new nonprofit organization or already existing organization some steps that you guys may have missed or need to rego um to reevaluate or revise mm -hmm. so we're going to tell you the top 12 steps of getting your nonprofit startup ready so to make sure that you're ready as a nonprofit organization, as a startup, we're going to give you the ultimate uh, nonprofit startup checklist. And there's 12 key points. Um, so I'm going to go, Lexi, going to go over the first 12 of the first six. And then Brittany is going to go over the last um, six steps that is needed. Mm -hmm. So Brittany, how was your day? What's, what's going on in the grant world um, in your life? Well, right now I'm uh, I'm doing some documents for some other clients as well as writing uh, writing grants for their organization. And on top of that, school started, so I'm back in school doing that too. <laughs> it's just <laughs> been it's been a lot, but. Is that's not that's not a complaint. I look at it as my personal challenge to do better because you know I'm I'm at the end. I'm at the end, and you know, um, sometimes when you get to the end, you can breeze by. Sometimes you cannot. <laughs> so um, it's one of those things that I constantly have to pace myself with because uh, this semester for both classes, I got a lot of assignments. <laughs> and then I got, um, I got to do these grants from my clients. So I don't, like I said, I'm not trying to make that excuse of, well, would have had this grant by the deadline, but you see, I had homework and um, I had to uh, do it, you know? <laughs> 
just not not prioritize. So um, that's what I'm doing now. Definitely, you got this. Recipe. You totally got I this. I totally got this. We're great scribes. We're warriors out here for nonprofit organizations. Um, all righty. And it's all about time because if you get a great grant professional like Brittany and myself, we're going to make sure we clock our time, let you know, not overuse time so you can see where it takes us, um, how long it takes us as far as research and to write out the um, proposals and grants and get um, supportive letters and all those great things for what we're trying to do for your organization needs. Yeah, so, structure. And, and, and so that's why she's probably like... Is organizing time is key and that's why yeah. i said that's why I said, what is it yeah because i mean with a, a a great course load it can be time consuming but because you're a grant professional you know how to manage time and so you got this totally and you're good. doing it very well i wouldn't even know so that's you know that's the life in the grant world guys like it it can be chaotic when you have a lot of clients and so a little tidbit Kind of a little off topic, but since we kind of went here about time management, making sure you don't, if you're a grant professional getting in the profession, don't take on too many clients. Um, and also make sure that every client is not a good client. You want to make sure that you'll be able to agree with their vision, their mission. So you can be excited to write these proposals and these grants because you believe in the organization. You know it's going to be a success. And not to say... If you get a client or you do the bidding process that you think it's not a great organization that you don't want to work with, but you just got to know you, where you at, what makes you passionate, and be able to advise accordingly and don't put too much on your plate, guys. Don't over just get so many and then you can't give the necessary attention to each client that they deserve um, to move their organization to the next level. So it's... It is a marathon, not a sprint in the grant writing world because there are stages. And we about to get into the first stage, great foundation. So let's make sure you guys are ready. So dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the ultimate nonprofit <laughs> startup checklist. Um, and guys, this is for churches and communities, um, community leaders, and guys, just forgive me if you see me looking up and down because I'm reading off my chart so I can make sure I don't miss any key points uh, for you guys who are listening on our other platforms, podcast platforms. You don't have to worry about seeing me look up and down. Um, you just um, follow along with me, guys. So um, learning the step-by-step process to start your new church or community-based nonprofit from scratch, this is a true Nonprofit business startup at its best. So we're gonna just dive right in to teaching you these necessary steps. And so this is why I came up with this um this blueprint because I know it's needed help. And guys, if you want to know how to be able, if you're new grant professionals and you want to be able to have this template that you can be able to give to um, your prospective clients and how to navigate and um, utilize this for them and structure their stuff. We will be doing a workshop on this as well mid-October. Um, we will be doing also a workshop, guys, on how to set up your nonprofit paperwork um, for the exemption status in the incorporation, aka formation part. So 
you want to check our um, website for that as well as um, our Facebook and Instagram because we're going to drop when that's going to happen. So you guys got to tune in, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Okay, now all the shameless plugs are out of the way. <laughs> so Always. let's get to the nitty gritty. Step one, vision, planning, and research, guys. Define who you are. If no one knows who your organization is or you don't have an idea, because no one knows who you are at this point, you have this great idea, you want to um, save the world like most people who are um, superheroes, oh. like us grant subscribers, you want to save yes. the world, but yet you do not know how to define your vision and your plan. You know, it's a saying that make the vision plain. Um, it's your compass on knowing how to navigate your nonprofit organization. So this step is key. Um, it's going to be your compass for your foundation. It's the first um, corner block in building, cornerstone block. So this is the first step in pinpointing the type of nonprofit you want to operate. Um, you definitely got to do some research about who you are called to serve. Um, you will need to know the following. You will need to know who you're called to serve, find out if that service is needed in your community, look to fill a gap in service, because you may kind of know who you're called to serve. Um, you may be know the, your target community, and you're looking to, you know, in your community, what's going on? There's a lot of nonprofits, a lot of businesses. So where is the need in your community? And that's what I mean by looking to fill a gap in services. You need to develop a plan for funding. So how are you going to get your funding? There's, there's several ways of funding. And we're going to do a podcast uh, episode on the different types of funding so you guys can know what that is. But you got to develop a plan for funding. You got to know your startup costs. What is it going to cost me to do um, paperwork, to run my programs, to that's a separate budget for each individual program should have a budget. Your overhead budget, if you have staff that you're paying for their um, advice, you need to pay them even in a nonprofit organization. Are you going to have all volunteer base? You can have that as well too. But, you know, uh, remember, guys, like we told you, a board cannot be paid. It's just the board have to choose the salaries for your rest of your staff. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to know what that's going to look like, the overhead to get the building, supplies, the things that you need. Discover who is funding your unique interests. So what foundation is going to fund you? What sponsorships? What corporations are you going to partner? Where's your target donors that fit your narrative of who you're servicing? Um, you need to organize your life to prepare for the journey. But sometimes we'd be like, oh, I got this, but we have so much going on. It's key to organize your life to prepare for the journey that you're going to embark on. It's very rewarding, guys. And then lastly, perform a self-assessment, skills, talents, and abilities. A good leader can be able to find the right things that they need um, to build up their organization, the right talents that's going to fit their narrative to get the programs done. If you're not good in social media, then you need to find somebody that can do that. If you're not good in branding and marketing, getting your stuff out there, you need to find somebody to do that. I mean, we can't wear all the hats. We have talents and skills, hone on to that, and then get the support that you need from other people that can push your vision. I can attest. Right? We can so bring you the time in at any time. 
We can attest actually because uh, when, even when we started our podcast, uh, Alexis was like, so <laughs> social media, I, I can't, I don't do that. I'm like, oh, but I do, I know how to do that. I got you. I'm going to put it out there, but, but yeah, it's, it's about you. It's about you being great as an individual, but being even 10 times more amazing when you have a partner, because yeah. even if you can wear all the hats, would you really want to? Cause it's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility. I, I honestly, I love like better. Be honest. <laughs> And, and when you're starting up, guys, your nonprofit organization, you might be wearing all the hats until you can get the volunteers in to get your board to research to look for those people. And usually um, we'll talk about what that looks like when you're trying to get those um, board members. But usually you are, but you're trying to delegate yourself away from that. Remember, guys, how you start is how you finish. So you don't want to be a one-man show starting um, for a long time because that's just, it's, it's the inedible unless you just have people on board already that kind of like what you're talking about and just gone how to go and you can set things in place quickly. Uh, for most people, they it's going to take a minute, but be open to expanding, guys. And so just remember, um, again, a recap, step one, vision planning and research, defining who you are. Are you clear on your nonprofit vision? So you definitely want to do that. Step two, this is vital, your plan and mission. So at this point, we've already did step one. We did the research. Now we're putting the plan to play. And now we're finding out what's our mission. What will you be known for? Uh, after you have determined the need, the response to your vision, you must put a plan in place to prepare you for building your infrastructure. This is a key to developing solid foundation. Mm -hmm. You will need to know the following, the plan, whether you are um, starting an educational group, a church community um, project, a nonprofit organization, you will need to have a plan. It's important to work with other, um, like I said, um, founding board members on this, more details later when they have accept office you will need to write about your nonprofit vision. So once you kind of did your research, you kind of know, like I said, you're going to be trying to look for these board members, volunteers to make up your staff. You definitely have to have that first board meeting um, to be able to go over what's your, what's your vision? What's the doctrine for your church or for your organization? What's the tone? You also gonna have to know the beliefs that you're going after. So we believe in helping um, feed every child that every child shouldn't be homeless. We believe in education. We believe in servicing our seniors. Um, we believe in no child left behind. Whatever your beliefs is, our vision is to help a million mothers, newborn mothers um, learn education to be able to um, prevent death. Um, crib death, like to educate on that. That's your vision. The service 100 mothers so they'll be aware of crib death. Um, you believe every kid should have a fighting chance. Your mission, the why and the what. We do this so babies don't die in our community over 50. Whatever your statistics is, this is where statistics is vital. And when you're doing your research, guys, 
you need to do statistics, your population, where you're located, who you're servicing, those factors need to come into play. And your purpose, what what fuels you to do what you do? That After also, you define your um, mission, go ahead. That also doubles for those who, um, like we mentioned before, I want to say in the second episode where you just started your organization two months ago, so you don't have all of the data right now, and it's projected. You still, even, even if it's a projected what I would spend, what it would be, how it would look, it still has to be as exacting as possible. So that's another thing that comes into, into play with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of key factors, guys. That's why we putting you on this game at Lady Grant Scribes. We putting you guys on game so you can be um, prepared with the right foundation. So after you define your mission and you draft your purpose statement, um, both are needed for the IRS, by the way. So all these things that you're doing is gonna you're gonna see from the beginning. It has steps, and you're gonna need this later on for the next steps to move forward. Everything is a building block. Mm -hmm. um, so. You're going to need these things for the um, your tax exemption application, which we call 1023. Um, you, just, you should describe the overall purpose of the organization. It should answer the questions, what activities will the nonprofit undertake? Where or when will the services occur? And what are core beliefs and values of your organization, guys? Mm -hmm. So you got this, right? Step one. We're doing research, guys. We're um, making the vision plain. Step two, we done wrote out our um, our vision. And we made sure we know why we're doing what we're doing, our purpose, mission, and vision. Um, and we're consulting the board. So now we can start getting people to believe our mission and, and things of that nature. So that drives us right on to the building block of step number three, uno, dos, tres. Like this is our third episode. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so step three is for your initial board of directors. So this is, uh, this will be your founding board of recruited individuals who would be legally responsible for the organization. Um, when I say legal, what goes on, the operations, they're making sure that the staff is doing what they're supposed to, that the organization is running like clockwork. So this is why it's very vital to make sure you find the right board members. Usually when you're a new organization, guys, um, it's gonna, you're going to have a high turnaround when it comes to your board because you're going to find out a lot of people not going to be committed to doing what they said they're going to do. Um, this is very vital, the board, because, again, they're legally responsible for your organization, making sure the ins and outs, that the funds are used correctly that comes in from whatever funding choice that you choose for your organization. And as you know, we want you to diversify that so you don't get stuck so you can have a good turnaround when it comes to funding your organization. But it's key. So find people who are on board with your mission that are responsible and that can take on this task. So when you're looking for them. And usually you start with people you know, guys, co-workers, friends. I wouldn't say a lot of your family members, maybe one that you trust, because as we explained to you in previous podcast episodes, that you don't want to look shady where you got everybody that's your family, Junebug, 
<laughs> yeah, Joe Bubba. And then they're like, oh, this this don't look trustworthy because it's look a little shady because who's going to um, hold you accountable if all the family members, because they may not say no to you. And so then that's how things can go a disarray and your nonprofit can fail. So we don't want your nonprofit organization to fail. So in step three, while you, you're looking for your board that fits your mission, that's going to be legally responsible for your organization, here are some key things to remember um, so you won't prevent conflict of interest. You want to align with good um, governing practice. Successful governing board includes individuals who's not only are knowledgeable and engaged, but selected with the organization needs in mind, i.e. accounting, finances, compensation, and um, ethics. Because your board members also should be help putting in fun and driving um, fundraisers to make sure that the organization organization is staying funded. So your initial board should uh, align with your state minimum requirement as a rule of thumb. Um, also, no less than four or more than twelve members. So your board don't need to be no more um, than four. Uh, I'm sorry, no less than four, no more than 12. You know, you want to refrain from elective, uh, again, like we said, electing relatives on your board. Look to include to someone on your board who is experienced or is currently experienced um, the causes you're looking for, right? Someone who knows if your nonprofit is an organization that helps um, people who suffer from um, child loss so a person who have experienced that would be great to sit on your board because uh, make sure that you're carrying out the mission and know some of the projects that you do um they know how they felt and what was needed for them so you can create projects around that so they'll keep you in line with that mm -hmm. so Brittany, you want to chime in uh, not right now, but I was just um, agreeing to what you were saying. Like, yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, so that, yeah, it's very vital to make sure that your board is, you know, it's the foundation and the heartbeat of an organization. So when you create a board, guys, you um, the manual things to include is board of directors, welcome letter, a job description, um, the board policies and procedures. So they got to know what, what am I responsible of doing? What do you want me to do? What's my job title? So you need to let them know that, you know, for my organization, I want you to be able to focus on X, Y, Z, executing, making sure the staff is on point, um, monthly meetings to um, every Friday, uh, holding an um, accountant needs to do weekly meetings with um, the team. So these are things you put in play, guys, with your um, board. When you're going to conduct meetings, what that looks like for salary for the staff, um, the policies and procedures, a place to um, for legal documents. Who's going to be responsible for holding the legal documents of the organization, calendar, meetings, budgets? So the board is responsible for all those things. So I think we're well on our way. We're on this train, right? So now we got, hey, we made the vision plain. We done set up our plan. We got our vision and our purpose. We have located our board members that's going to be legally responsible for our organization. We're moving along on this train. Now, step four is incorporation. 
this is the time to fill out documents to become a legal um, entity. Sometimes incorporation means formation as well. So if people heard that lingo, um, this is where you fill out a form to become a legal nonprofit organization. Um, uh, do a name search. So when you guys are doing this process first, please make sure you do a name search. Just like any business is similar with the nonprofit organization. You don't want somebody else to have your name. And then you're like, what? No, this is, this is my name. You know, then you want to draft the organization documents, like the articles of incorporation. Mm -hmm. So you want to do this by going to the website of the Secretary of State. You know, it'll have all the information that you need to fill out that form. Um, so if you, like, for instance, I'm going to use Texas. You have to have three people in mind, three directors um, to start. You know, your board should already put that in place. Like I said, you meet with your board. They give you the okay to go ahead and start this process. Um, and when you start it, you have your, the address, all of those things. Make sure you have the IRS lingo that's required. Um, this is preparing what you need for this document. And if guys, if you need help, please reach out to me, Brittany. We would love to help you while you guys, you know, register for our workshop. We're going to be showing you how to actually fill out this form step by step. So we won't leave and we're hanging. reasonable guys. So I don't want y'all to think this hanging. is why we here because we know people need the help and we're, everybody's right now suffering. So everybody's on a dime. That doesn't mean what we provide is cheap because, you know, knowledge is, is powerful, right? And you want to definitely invest in yourself. But we want to help organizations. So we will much be dropping that. Help. Yeah, as much as we can help. We want to we wanna spread the word about this. And also, we, we don't want to come and visit you in jail. We, we don't <laughs> want to do that. Because if I come and visit you in jail, I'm going to say, you didn't, get, you didn't do all your documents, huh? Yep. Okay, well, see, you didn't hook up with the scribes, so, you know, we you can't scribe you out of there. You didn't we can't scribe you out of there, but we could have scribed you on the right things to do um, before that happened to you guys. So, knowledge is prevention for uh, people. So, people perish because of lack of knowledge and thereof, and it saves time. So, you want to have a mentor that can mentor you in the ropes of what to do and how to do um, so you won't repeat um, repeated mistakes. And so after you guys fill out this form, again, like I said, Secretary of State is where you can get the form. Make sure you have your um, the number of directors that's required in your state um, to have your articles um, of incorporation done, as well as all the tax um, lingo that you need, all the things that you need. When you go to the site, they'll tell you what you need. Um, once you get there, um, this document will become a public document after you fill it out. Um, and it defines what the corporation would do and who will be initially responsible for the management of the corporation. And when we say corporation, nonprofits are corporations, churches are a corporation. Um, when you fill out um, the Secretary of State office, you will need to first receive the document back. So before you can even move forward on anything else, guys, you're going to need this document. So once you get this document um, in your hands, you're ready. 
to start filing for your tax exempt status. You have to have this as the first document before you can officially become a 501c exempt status. You need this. So step five. So after we get this document, now we're going to make up what we call our bylaws and policies for the organization. And it's time to file documents to become legal, right? So once you get these bylaws uh, and your board has, you know, you've done another meeting. So you, you have to draft another meeting up, guys, with your board to say, hey, I applied for the um, incorporation like you guys said. Now here's a draft of the bylaws and policies. You guys set what you need in the bylaws um, and the policies with the board. They okay on it. Um, and then guys, you're ready, um, for your organizational meeting, which was, you need to hold your first board of directors meeting, draft your bylaws, draft conflict of interest policy, and create a three-year operational budget. So once that, when you get through with step four, the next is setting up your bylaws and policies. And that will include holding your first director meeting, the draft of the bylaws, draft a conflict of interest policies and creating a three-year budget of operation is usually the rule of thumb, three to five-year um, budget. But if you're new, you just need that three years starting off. Um, then we're going to move on into step, keep this ball rolling, step six, organizational meeting. It's time to file documents to become legal. And like I was hinting to, then this is when you say, hey, board, we're ready. I got all these budgets. I got the draft. Let's, let me let you approve off of it. So the board is going to approve. Once the board approves and you look at it, then at this time, you guys should appoint a temporary chair and secretary reporting on fountains of article incorporation, adoption of the bylaws of the organization name, appointment of officers, designate principal officers. Um, and then it's time to get that corporate bank account. It's optional to talk about it. And I'm not saying that you're going to actually get it in this step, but then that needs to be on the agenda to talk. Where do you want, what bank you want to open up with? Um, and when you're going to file for your tax exempt status. And what files are required for the state. After your nonprofit incorporation returns, you also want to set up a PO box. Or if you don't have a physical location, you want to set up a PO box. Um, set up a postal P.O. box is pretty much recommended. So you know where your mail is going. It's separate from your address. So guys, after you do that, you're gravy. You, you're in the train. It's smooth selling because usually when you get through with that and the board has approved, now you can just go into um, what Brittany's going to go into, step seven, eight, is, is uh, clear selling. So once they adopted, the board has adopted you um, your bylaws and everything is smooth selling, it goes from there. It's the next steps of getting ready for it to um, do your 501c3. So all these documents is important. And when you want to think of a bank, because you want to be able to give your board member um, some bo uh, ideas of banks that you're thinking of. Now, there are special banks. Um, I don't know about every state, but I only can talk about Texas where I'm at. But there is def uh, special banks that actually match if you're a nonprofit organization, what you're doing and funds, and that have more perks 
if you're a nonprofit that specializes just in that uh, arena. So you want to look into that, um, guys. So that's just a little tidbit. Um, we might post some of those banks on our Facebook so you will know. I know BBVA, which um, is a Hispanic-owned bank, um, it does match funding for nonprofit organization have some key things structured in place just for all the needs that a nonprofit organization has to go through. Some credit unions do as well. So those are just things, guys, to look into. So I am going to give the second half over to Brittany, guys. We're going to take a short intermission. We'll be back. And then we're on the second half making sure we have the right setup checklist for our nonprofit organization, that right foundation, guys. Stay tuned. You're tuned in with Lady Grant Scribes. We'll be right back, guys. Hi there, I'm Brittany C. Leon, and I'm the Certified Grant Writer, Consultant, and Principal of Write the Vision Plainly, LLC, a faith-based corporation not exclusive to faith-based organizations. I partner with nonprofit leaders, newly formed organizations, provide grant education, and a grant readiness strategy. To learn more, visit HTT ps colon slash slash wtvplc.now.site and that stands for write the vision plainly and email me at wtvplc at gmail.com i look forward to hearing your story Whew. Welcome back, guys. The bottom of the hour, like we said, we're going to just continue to let this train keep rolling. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in with our third episode with Lady Grant Scribe. You're tuned in with your girl, Alexis. Also, my girl, Brittany C. Uh, and she is going to take us home on the last six steps that is vital to make sure that you have a strong foundation for your organization. We're going through this checklist, guys, the ultimate checklist. So make sure that your organization, organization is going to have a solid foundation. All right, Brittany, let's go. We're on All step right. seven. All <laughs> right, cool. So um, I too, just like Alexis, I too have notes and I will be looking down at them. Now, if you're listening to this um, audio, like without seeing us, then I just said that in vain. But for those of you <laughs> who are looking at us, I don't want you to be like, oh, she, she texting us something. She, <laughs> she claims she going to give us these steps, but I, I don't know. She's looking down at something. You know, looking a little distracted as you <laughs> you're on your podcast now. <laughs> no, guys, we make sure that we're bringing you vital information. So um, we're taking notes. Um, we took notes. We did our due diligence. So we won't forget anything because this is vital mm -hmm. for your organization. So make sure you follow these 12 steps for a solid um, foundation. So just jumping into number seven, like, 
I like to jump into things. So uh, the legal way, of course, always. (laughs) (laughs) So um, requiring your tax, your federal tax ID. And that is your IEN number. And this is important or uh, your TIN number. Either one, you need this because um, before you can even get established for applying for your taxes, this is this is like the first thing or one of the first things they're going to ask you over several of the documents um, about your taxes, because this is the um, unique employer identification number. That's what EIN stands for. That's your I unique number for them to identify you for the purposes of taxes. And this is for, um, especially formatted for your 501c3. So So if I could chime in, Brittany, so guys, this is like your social security number for your business. And I think we, we talked about the step for hiring out your staff. If you're going to hire staff, um, do those things. You need this this number so you can do all your reporting. Like if they're going to be contractual, are they going to be, um, you know, W-2s or 1099s? You or need that volunteers. and you can't get the bank. Remember I said with your board, you guys are supposed to um, get permission to set up your bank account. Can't set that up without this. So. Much. And then, um this number is also used for everything, you know, for your business, just like Lexi said, federal tax returns, donations, grants, and receipts. So that's another thing why your EIN is so important. Because if you can't, if you have this organization, but you can't back it up with tax documents, you can't back it up with the state, you can't back it up with your IEN it's going to be pretty tough for you to get grants. And it's also going to be pretty tough for you to file taxes and prove that you are this entity without it. So what you would need is um, an SS4 application. And that's what you'll need to receive your IEN for setup. And this can be done online. It's faster that way. And then um, it's suggested that you wait until you receive your incorporation documents um, back officially before filing for the number. So you can, so you can have, um, hold on, I said that wrong in my mind. (laughs) So you can officially (laughs) have proper standing with filing. So it's just, it's just what Alexis was saying, the six steps prior before this one make sure all of that's lined up and then you can get your in so i want to chime in here a little bit Brittany. so for my grant professionals who are doing this for your organization or someone who's doing it for an organization make sure the ss4 form is signed off and filled out print it out fill it out or you know pdf it or docusign it over to the organization fill it you know fill it out for them but have them sign it so they can have a copy on hands and you can have a copy on hand because at any time if the rs because you're filling it out it's called the third party authorization you're filling it out for an organization 
they may come back and ask like did this organization really legitimately ask you to fill this out you know they may not and they may will so then you have it immediately on hand to give you a set time frame so you can either fax it or mail that into them those documents um because usually the EIN number is going to be sent to you, whether you filed it electronically, you're going to file it electronically, you're going to fill out that form first, give it to the organization so they can put their the powers to be the treasurer or whoever, the president put the signature. Usually you wanted the person who is founding this organization, you want their signature on it. Then you have it for your records and their records. Then you go ahead and fill out it online. And then if and then you write on the top where it says EIN, what the number that EIN number that you get, you write it on that form, you send them another copy of that as their records. And so when they ask you to send that in, you have it, you can send it in to say, yes, I did get permission. If they don't ask you, they don't ask you, but you have it on file for your records and the organization records. And usually it takes a couple of days where they, Brittany is going to talk about that. <laughs> it takes a couple of days before guys, they mail it to you um, back out the original document, but you yeah. get your EIN instant when you do it online. But for my grant professionals who are doing it for someone else or someone else doing it for someone, make sure you fill out the form first, send it to the organization to get the proper signature of approval, have it on file in case the RS asks you for that document after you submit it online for them. So, all right. What did I say in the middle of the first, at the middle <laughs> of the top of the hour? I don't want to visit you in jail. Like, so you, <laughs> you didn't do your documents. Okay, see you next week. This, we're preventing all of that here with this information. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. It's, it's like, it's, it's a joke, but it's a serious joke. I can't stress that enough, y'all. Like, it, it's not one of those, because I know we live in this um, hot <laughs> pocket like you were saying um in one of our last episodes hot pocket society where we want it done and we're just like oh let me let me just wish this was done or or you know let me just you know if if I believe hard enough and sleep with these documents under my pillow <laughs> it's gonna get resolved that's not how no no yeah it's, that, that, it's that's better to just take the time <laughs> And do it. Cause like I said, I don't want to see yeah, it. And that's going to be hard for the organization guys. If you're a professional, we're talking to professionals on this tidbit. Um, just what I was um, mentioning earlier, because if you're doing it for someone else and the RS asked you, did you have proof guys, you're legally saying you're able to do this legal document here. And then you don't have permission and you can't prove you have permission guys that make the organization look bad. You look bad. They may even reject their EIN because it's a chaos. So you don't, you're a grant professional. Let's be professional. Let's do the things that we need to and checks and balances. Um, for the organization needs and also a little tidbit guys when you do apply for your um, ss4 online which aka your ein number employee identification number aka social security for your uh organization you want to make sure that you do it have everything in order spellings correct all of that because you're going to be timed you have to do it in a set time on the um site and That's if you right. exceed that, then, hey, guys. And then you can't go back. 
So you want to make sure, and it even tells you to double check that. So make sure you check in spelling, make sure you're in the time frame because that's important. Okay. Thank you for that, Alexis. So moving on to number eight. You're welcome. <laughs> moving on to number eight. This is where you're actually going to file your um, 1023 IRS form, which is your tax exempt form for your organization. So this is this is also like another segment of um, I don't want to say it's an extension of the Social Security for your business, but it kind of is because you're saying that, okay, I'm writing this information for the IEN. Now you're saying, okay, so you can tax me because we just proved that I'm a legitimate entity with my IEN. I, sorry, EIN, my bad. Now you need to be able to tax me. You should be able to prove that you are this legitimate business who are give, you know getting back your taxes from the IRS. So you have to be taxed. I know we hate taxes, but it's necessary. Well, that's what 501c3 is. It's the exemption of a nonprofit from you getting those taxes. You get the tax breaks and cuts as an organization. But guys, you're not going to get this if it's not filled out <laughs> correctly and you have everything done follow the previous steps guys yes. that's why the beginning step was important because you're going to need all that information that you filled out from steps one through seven you're going to need it right here just for this wonderful form guys <laughs> this beautiful beautiful form <laughs> yes okay so Number nine, this is what... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, we bypassed this. Wait a minute. So step eight <laughs> with the tax um, form, exemption form, guys, there's the 1023 regular, and then there's the 1023 um, EZ. And if oh, you're yeah. in the... And if you're in the 101023 EZ is the form you... If you're in the state of Texas, because I always refer to the state I'm in, we do work with other states outside, but it's just easy right now for me like to refer to the state I'm, I do most in, which is Texas. Um, I do in other states as well. But to do your formation or incorporation, um, it's $25 to do that um, incorporation form. When you get to this form, if you do the 1023EZ, it's $300. It's less items that you need to hurry up and most likely get approved. When you do the 1023 by itself, it's like a $600 fee and it's more extensive of everything that you need that has to be on point. So that's just a little tidbit, guys. But it, it still do the same thing for exemption, but there's different things that goes along with that. You want to look into that, the instructions, and see what's best for the organization that you're filling this out for. But most people go ahead and use that 1023EZ form, guys. So that's just a little tidbit for my grant professionals or those who are out there. And we show you guys how to fill out the 1023EZ how to fill out your formation, um, and even give you tips on bylaws. We, again, these workshops will be coming soon in October. So be on the lookout, guys, on our um, Facebook and Instagram. 
Okay, can I move on to number nine now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, number nine. This is this was referencing number six that Alexa said. She was saying on, on that one, you might want to think about, just kind of think about what bank or credit union you're going to use. So number nine is you are, you're at the point where you're like, okay, I, I've thought about it and here's what I want to do. So when you, um, after you receive your formation document back, you can begin to set up other areas that will help functionally immediately as, um, as a charitable entity so you can get business, so you can get into the business of changing lives. So apply for a bank account. You'll need to have the means to transact business as well as accept donations via check, electronic funds transfer and third-party processors. And apply for your Duns and Bradstreet number. In most cases, this will be necessary to establish yourself as an organization for merchant credit and government contracting and applying for grants which is true because mm -hmm. when you, um, because there's um, a different types of grants, which we'll get into later on, but I'll give you two, I'll give you two for now. So you have like your, your regular, regular, ha, like your, for your public or your private foundation grants, which are um, mostly what, you apply for like in your local community or your state. And then you have the government side, General. which is which is where the DUNS number comes in. Because um, you, in order to get those, the federal grants, that's what that DUNS number is for. For your organization, as well as your grant professional should have this as well. And um, I, um, I researched this like um, a few nights back, probably last week or longer, but they were, I heard something like they were um, changing the DUNS number to a UEN, which is a unique entity number. So that's what they're going for now. Um, I checked, I, I heard it was um, December 2020 when they did that, when they made the change. But I have, I too have a DUNS number myself as a grant writer, I have one. So when I went to the grants.gov site just to check in, make sure it still said DUNS number. So they're probably still in the process of doing that. I don't know, but um, what I know I'm going to do is keep checking back. That way I can <laughs> provide you guys with that up-to-date information as it comes out. But that's where it's going. Um, that's where it's going towards next. And I don't have any other information on that as like, is it if the number is going to be longer or shorter than the, the than the original Duns, if there's going to be alphabet character in there. I don't have that either. But what, like I said, what I do have is that they're um, changing the Duns number. So it's now a unique entity number. Right, guys. And just to um, add to that, 
Um, also, that's because two Sam's that gov has updated their um, websites and all their information in their system. It's a little bit easier um, to navigate for people who are looking for government contracts. Now, if you are a profit business, we help with you with that too, guys. We if you're looking to get into the contracts, we help you with that. Um, but it's easier for you to do contracts and bid on things that the city may have come up or on a federal level. But guys, it's a misconception that people think nonprofit organizations cannot bid on contracts. There are some contracts out there, um, well, not some, there are contracts out there for nonprofit organizations. And by bidding on that or using your expertise for your organization, it can pretty much fund your organization for a while, guys. And so we'll do a workshop on that, but we're just gonna work you know, in steps with you guys. And if you guys want us to do extensive workshop on that soon, just let us know. Leave us a message on um, YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram if you want to see us um, do that. But guys, this is why it's important to be registered to in SAMS.gov properly. So you want that information. You got to have all the steps completed to be able to get your dons. And your dons is going to also allow you guys to build that credit that's needed even for nonprofit organizations to get loans on certain things that you guys um, are requiring to have, maybe supplies, um, operational um, things. And it, it hurry up and establish you guys some credit. Now, I do know some organizations off the bat that report immediately to Duns that will help boost those numbers quickly, guys. Um, and when you sign up with our workshop, you know, we'll be able to go into those and give those are the, some of the things and tips and nuggets that we give extra in those workshops. But make sure you got all these steps down, guys, because you're going to need that when you apply for your Duns and put it in the sams.gov um, system and you want to have your bank account set up like um, Brittany said so I just wanted to throw that out there so you guys can know the importance because you necessarily don't have to as an organization set up the duns if you don't want to go after federal but we will advise you to because you never know it's just like insurance get it because you just don't know what may happen you may need it so just get those things done guys and uh, one other thing that um, I wanted to mention as well um, is like the grants.gov, I think, do they, I think they work together. Like, yeah, they do. Cause you can go to grants.gov and then scroll to the bottom of the page. So this is exactly what I did because um, when I, for some reason I was, I was put in sam.com <laughs> to get the number. And whenever I went to the bottom of grants.gov, it has sam's.gov at the bottom where you can not only apply for your account with them, but apply for a DUNS number as well. It's at the bottom of the grants.gov, um, their website. So also it, it also helps to have an account with grants.gov when you sign up, it's free. So when you sign on to their newsletter or you have an account, they can let you know what grants are available. When yes, guys. And this, as grant writers, we use multiple sources, not just grants.gov to find um, grants for our clients. But another tidbit, guys, when you go to Sam's, um, 
uh, sams.gov to register. If you see something that pops up to say pay, you're in the wrong system. It's free to sign up for that. So if that pops up, sometimes that does through the um, algorithms. Um, so it'll slide in there sometimes. So just go out, make sure you go back in the sounds.gov. You shouldn't have to pay. So if that pops up, you know that you're in the wrong thing. Just, you know, exit out, go back in with Chrome and sounds.gov, it's free. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Number 10. This one. <laughs> Number 10. It speaks for itself, but we got to talk about it because I don't think some people just know. So, so number 10 is setting up your back office. That, that goes um, for your business phone line or business cell. You know, mm -hmm. you can, you can get a separate line on your cell phone. Cause yeah. I know like most businesses that are corporations have a landline phone, but yeah, you can do a landline or you can do a business cell phone. And internet, you need yeah. the internet. <laughs> the world <laughs> is run by internet. If you don't have Wi-Fi, what are you, how are you going to establish business? It's essential, <laughs> especially like um, working from home. Like I do, yeah, I need Wi-Fi. I do. It's essential. If, if I don't have Wi-Fi, I can't do my grant research. And then I'll lose clients. And then other things will happen in a domino effect all because I don't have Wi-Fi. So get internet, y'all. Get get the Wi-Fi. Yes. Your, right. um, your office space with equipment. Oh, I just kind of touched on that. Um, this can be in your home, just like I said before. So you can have a desk you know, you can get a desk, you can get, um, you can have a space that you call your office space, which is, for me, it's, um, it's either in my room or in the, in the kitchen, but I don't have like a workspace just yet, but I'm working on it. So you can do that, you know, you can put a little desk or a table in there or you can have something if you can't like me I I don't have that luxury where I just have a um office that's just my space alone so <laughs> I put different things in the room that I'm in to focus so I know like okay this is work mode or okay this is relax mode so you know start with what you have you don't have to go out, like, especially when you're starting off, please don't do this. Please don't spend like $5,000 on this ergonomic chair and table when it's out of your budget. Just get something affordable or, you know, use your, um, use your dining room table like I do. <laughs> Guys, oh. use what you got. Don't boo bourgeois. You're starting off. It's expensive to start off any business yes. to do a business. Um, and even use Google Voice if you have to start off um, that way until you yeah. can build up and, and generate the funds that needs to be. But it's vital to get, like Brittany said, these key things. So uh, Brittany's going to keep telling us 
Um, guys, hope y'all taking notes, man. These are some good tidbits, Brittany. Um, you know, especially when you're trying to get your organization up and running. Um the items you need because sometimes we forget about just the simple things to run our office we just think about paint and color and we want this overall look but let's get the basics the simple things we need we can and to be honest you can do that later like the color schemes and the the, the overall theme what you want to what your brand is who you want to represent who you want representing you and so on that can that should be like next after you get yourself established with your back office also you know you need a space or a file for company files yep especially those tax documents guys um when you get them in your budget you want that on lock and key and then you only want the other person to have that as your accountant for checks and balances, even like credit cards and things like that, that needs to transfer through each department. They need to have a lock and key for that as well and accountability, um, however you guys want to do that system with your accountant, so. Yes. Uh, the company files, for me, this, uh, this is what I wanted to say for me, what I do with my clients because mm -hmm. I have like I mentioned earlier I have school and I have clients <laughs> so this helps me not put school work in the client folder and not put client work in the school folder it helps mm -hmm. me stay organized and also um I have a it's just like um a huge client folder and within that folder are all my clients that I have and they have a folder in their folder. So I just click on their name, drop in their specific documents, what we talked about if we had a meeting. So next time we have a meeting and they say, <laughs> hey, I sent you XYZ document. You didn't tell me you received it. Do, do you have it? Wait, let me click in your folder. It's right. See, I got it. I got it. Or no, you have to resend that to me. I didn't get it you know so that's for organization that helps me a lot and also your um internal systems like your email gmail it's the best <laughs> my personal opinion because <laughs> i don't want someone say no rocket mail is the best just personal opinion <laughs> your voicemail Gmail, did you hear that? Sponsorship, not the same. We're not sponsored, you know. Hashtag not We're, fine, we're not you know. paid to say that, but Google is great as well as, guys, any um Microsoft Office system, internal system where you can make sure you're getting, you know, your domain set up where you can get the emails and you can get the .orgs on each um member to have their own personal email. Just look a little bit more professional then Gmail at the end as a um, nonprofit organization, but no judgments. If you started off, you started off. It is what it is. And then that's why it's called growth and progression, guys. Because at the end of the day, you're a nonprofit because you want to save and change lives. And your mission is at the forefront. So we get it. <laughs> we And this is why we said we got you. Because um, we we don't want that narrative of um 
like I said, we're not doing excuses of, well, I just don't have the money to buy a land phone, but I got this cell phone, but I need the money for a landline. No, just use, use what you already have. And the last thing, um, the last thing is insurance, business insurance. It's vital. It's important. And also uh, document software. I didn't say that before insurance, but your document software. So like, you know, that would be like your Word or your Google Docs or anything that you can type with or help you structure. Or if it's not that, it's a database where you reference. If it's not, you know, Microsoft Office Word or Excel or whatever you use, if it's a specific database that you hold all your documents in, then that goes, um, that's a part of document software, you know, but just a cheaper route. Um, I, um, I don't have um, Microsoft Word on my computer. So I just, I have OneDrive. You get five gigabytes for free. Yeah, now it's just use what you have that fits your organization. Remember, you're a startup, so you gotta build your clientele. If you're offering a nonprofit, if you're a nonprofit organization and you offer services, you gotta build that clientele up to receive the services in your community. Mm-hmm. So do what you can with what you can with your budget, and you'll learn oh, that as a nonprofit organization. But guys, remember that budget you're setting. You know you're doing the budget because you know how much funds you need to raise to be able to execute those programs and keep your organization running and functioning proper um, to make it thrive for your community's sake or your vision or your purpose. So follow that, remember, the plan, make the vision plan so it can be your compass to get you where you need to be to get the things you need to be functionally running. So great tips, Brittany. I'm I'm excited. I'm sitting up for like, yes, come on through. <laughs> I, I was saying that for the at the top of the hour. I was just like, okay, I'm getting schooled right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but more about the insurance. Um, all businesses require some form of insurance. As you're starting out, perhaps check your uh with your personal insurance company for options. Later they are strict, um, there are strict insurance requirement levels for funders that they require. As long as you begin the process, you will see those and can adjust accordingly. Because, um, you know, just like this is said, when you're starting off, you may not have business insurance per se, but maybe your regular insurance, if you call them and ask them, hey, you know, I just, um, I'm just starting off with my organization. Can you cover me until I can get this specific insurance? And what are the, the only two answers they can tell you is yes or no. Right. And guys, just something simple. Like if you're offering a service and with COVID-19, we know a lot of organizations are going online now, maybe not a physical building for what you do. You can just maybe offer your services online. Um, again, we're going to always do workshops, guys. Workshops is going to help make your organization better. 
Some people don't know how to do that transition online. And so we wanna help you guys do that as well. Um, and with that, you may need errors of omissions um, in case you make a mistake on an application with someone or you thought you made your vision clear in your paperwork and maybe someone messed that up. So it's just, you know, a way to protect you in case someone sues you, you're protected, um, vice versa, it, you know. So you just want to make sure that you have the proper and just get with your local insurance agency um, to see what you need and what's going to best fit your organization guys um disclaimer <laughs> i am not a lawyer or nor am i a um insurance agent as far as because i do do insurance i do do life and health insurance but i am not an insurance agent that works with as far as businesses on like areas of emission and those things but we do know that's vital guys so reach out to your professional and get the quotes that you need to make sure you find the one that best represents your organization and where you are. Okay, so I'm about to get to 11, but just to Yay. recap, just to recap, require you, you got to get your federal tax ID, which is your EIN. You know, you got to file your tax exempt. 1023 or 1023 easy form. Go ahead for nine, go ahead and apply for that bank account and get your DUNS number or your UEN, your unique entity number. Number 10, we just discussed setting up your back office. So with, with all of those nuggets in there, not going to repeat them, but with, with all that information, that's what is needed to set up your back office. So number 11, account systems. This is the heartbeat of every nonprofit organization. It's the ability to raise and properly account for funds. Starting out with the right accounting or record keeping system, it's crucial for operations and for the community that you serve. And here's some, here's some tips for purchase accounting software, as well as chart of accounts. So for the purchase of accounting software, the software um, vary in complexity and expense. You, do not want to be ill-prepared with covering your finances. There are several companies that have made software specifically for a small nonprofit organization and have excellent tutorials on how to use them as well. It is always best to go with someone who is an industry expert and understands the nuances of of fund account and running nonprofit reports. And this is for anything, um, you know, um, accounting software, um, that could be bookkeeping, but that's not, I think that's not the same thing as accounting, but you have to be able to say what you're gonna spend and see it all in a documented form that has everything accounted for every everything you spent 
by the cent, by the penny would be accounted for. So then we, when the organization is, um, when the funder is looking or, you know, you are the um, nonprofit organization and maybe you want to partner with another one, that's crucial because if you, maybe you don't have the budget for that and you're getting every, you know, you're getting your ducks lined up and that's good. But if you have the budget to partner, do so. If not, just wait until you have that because when you, as a single entity, your accounting is messed up and then you want to partner with someone else, that may make the both of you look bad because one of you is already looking bad. So just keep that in mind as well. So just want to you know, make sure you have, like I said, make sure you're good and you're square. So whenever you go after partnerships, that's good. That's good as well. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, your chart of accounts, this is crucial to the internal operations mm -hmm. of your nonprofit organization. And also is customized to meet your program need. According to investopedia.com it is defined as a listing of each account of each account a company owns along along with the account type and account balance shown the order of accounts appear in the company's oh hold up in the company's financial statement the chart of accounts is the official accounting term for the display of this financial information, which includes both balance sheet accounts and income statement accounts. The chart of accounts shows assets, liabilities, equity, revenues, and expenses all in one place and broken down into subcategories. So this help as well because this is giving you the um, just kind of like um, how you categorize everything, how you put everything into receipt. This is what that does. And so when you see what you spent, it's like the overall blueprint of what you spent, what revenues coming in, what um, what are the liabilities, what are you know, what are you building, what have what have you lost? So it's not necessarily like a ginormous P&L statement, but mm -hmm. it is something that, that can help you better track everything that you're spending and everything that you're gaining profit in, that you're getting a profit from. Did you, um, did you want to say anything about that, Alexis? No, you're, you're right on point. Um what you're talking about is like great vital information for them to know what to look for as far as um, items needed for their organization and to just get their stuff out there. So that's key as far as the organization goes. All right. So last but not least, number 12. <laughs> it's like, no, it's the end, but it's not. 
because you know guys, if you see me looking down again on here i'm not you know i'm looking and following along because we both made our notes and text each other our own notes and emailed our own notes so you know we can chime in on some key things that we can like oh let me add this so this is some great stuff guys i just really want your organization to be prepared and i don't want anybody thinking like you paying attention i am definitely paying attention um that's why we put this together we want to make sure we're covering every single thing guys so this is vital I can't stress it. A lot of people skip these steps and they're wondering what's going wrong? Why my organization is not thriving like it should thrive because some of these key 12 steps are missing. And if it's not, it's not one of those things where you can do steps one through eight and then skip the rest and then bam, let's get funded or, or, you know, let the money roll in or let, no, you have to do everything on this list. No skipping steps, no getting cut in corners, no getting around it. Because like the funder, the or your organization, yourself, whoever will be funding you, your board, or if you, that will affect your future for future partnerships if everything is not lined up. And that's even for a partnership, that's what they're going to ask you. Do you have these things in order before we even coerce together? Because if not, like I said, if you're one entity and you look bad and you're trying to partner to build yourself up to make you look even better and they check your credentials and they'll say, no, not this time or get this, get this lined up first and then, you know, we can partner. But moving on to step 12, it's time to prepare the world for how wonderful you are. The front office is your brand, your identity, who you are, and why you matter. We just hit on these areas since branding is very in, oh, sorry. Uh, since branding is a very in-depth process and it's likely to change over time as resources become available. And it does. So, Here's, um, here's some more tips on now we're at the front office, your brand, you're the face of your nonprofit. So here's what that looks like. Your relevant core message. In that, your value statement, your motto, your tagline. Like us, for example, Lady Grant Scribes. You know, you hear it, you hear us say it. You hear it in our, in our commercial. You've been scribed by Lady Grand Scribes because you have. My father has. Everyone has. Yeah. <laughs> that's our motto. That's scribing you up for information. And that's that's our tagline. So you can know what scribes do is whole. If you think about ancient scribes, they hold precious, vital information, documents as law, um, processes, whether it be how to take care of a child, vital information that is key that can be preserved for the next generation um, to utilize. And they had to be very skilled and meticulous in that and um, record breaking. And so guys, we feel that we like that with grant writers, you know, for a person mission 
to get their um, vision out there and to get funded, you have to be very meticulous. Um, you have to write things strategic for the next generation to follow for your organization. So, and the blueprint of setting it up. And so that's why we call ourselves um, the scribes. So we're scribing, we're scribing you in, we're breeding the next scriber um, because this profession is to me a sacred profession as far as helping people, but it's not shared. And you want to be able to, and sometimes people can tend to take the greatness out of this uh, secret profession of helping organization that people can tend to be greedy guys and not really give you all the vital information, but we want to grow with you. We're about partnerships and building. We want to be that grant writer there for a lifetime. You can either ask questions with consulting, um, get that go-to um, form done that you need to get done, but you can feel like as an organization leader, you left more, um, knowledgeable about the process and you have a clear understanding of what the next steps are and what's the next steps for your organization and if someone asks you questions that you can confident answer confidently answer those questions with confidence so yeah with confidence guys <laughs> it's the confidence the confidence yeah because a lot of times people organizations and people do things for them and they cannot answer like i don't know I don't know. This person did it, but they don't know if that person necessarily did it correctly for them. Mm -hmm. So but we we can say that because we have we we put it into practice. So that's why we say it with confidence, because we live that we practice that on a regular basis. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, moving on. Um, your visual identity, your logo, your color palette, your fonts, your images. This is now the time to get into that. This is the time to get into your brain. <laughs> because before then, it's great to think about, it's great to write it down, but it's not great to, you should be filling out that uh, 1023 easy form. And you're like, I wonder what palette goes good with these colors not the time <laughs> that's why it's the last step guys because now you can go creative bunkers like that or, like this is um this is what we created like <laughs> lady green scribes this is yeah. our this is our um, well, well, well. <laughs> our logo our palette so also um you know your font your images what are you what are you going to put out there visually what what is the visual and to me it's it's simple I look at I do everything like this and I just put it into branding and it's just that more easy for me instead of thinking just sitting down for a week writing names down and I wonder what what how can I be unique? How can I make this pop? How can I formulate this? You would just, you would just think of the thing that you want to do. Think of the thing that you want to bring to the world. So for Alexis and I, like we said earlier for Lady Grant Scribes, we got sick of that narrative of work hard and then you can achieve your goals. Okay, but work hard how? Exactly. And you can achieve your goals when you work hard. 
or in in the case for me it was um <clears throat> you know um actually reaching out to 20 plus year your grant veterans who are telling me that you know they're keeping what they know under wraps or they're telling me that oh free information is available or you know I charge this this and this which is fine like I don't mind paying but where can I get the information oh google it do this and that put the put this here or there okay yeah. but you you're telling me the why which is good <laughs> but you're missing the how which I need and that guys it doesn't hurt to share this information <laughs> a lot of times um people just like, if you say Alexis how can I start a business well let me show you let me point you here but, let me yeah. show you because you still got to do the research does it hurt me to show you exactly where to go you still got to do the research you still got to do now if you want me to do deeper in consultation with you yes we can schedule that but did it hurt me to just point you in the right direction guys we got that's why we created it this platform it is loving sharing caring uh, so i know you guys you know it's all about love lady grant scribes um subscribers are all about love sharing the vibes so guys please share this that's why i'm gonna always hear me say sharing is caring so please share this because yeah. there's organizations out there that needs help um we even do consulting i i do consulting with um grants by lexi for even um businesses so guys people are needing help help them it doesn't hurt to give vital information for free.com for the long or, like or come on them, if you don't <laughs> even give know? them the information point at least point them in the right direction at least do that yes but it does like all that extra that crabs in a barrel that's i know you want to make a dollar you can secure your brand your marketing um and still help people and still make a dollar okay guys because at the end of the day it's about recurring income building relationships and being trustworthy for people to help so because it's one thing for someone to just like go do that but if you actually took the time to show extra hospitality to be courteous to someone that comes back to you where people are like oh repeat business and you don't have to be looking um, for clients and that's the difference when you are in a profession guys and this is what the grant profession can do for you it's where you sought out you want to always position yourself in any business where people are seeking you position. you're not seeking them for overflow right position so this chase. is key and i always <laughs> say in business you want to spend other people money not yours that's why i got into the grant writing situation be smart and leverage that though but with everything comes responsibility much is required much is given so for much is given much is required guys be good stories of what you have in your hand and how to multiply that how to help others it'll come back to you but that's why we did do this podcast guys to correct some of those issues and help us on the way we say that oh. the, we say the scribes are here the champs is here because we feel we're champions by championing pureness and authentic uh practices of helping people so yes the champs are here the scribes are here we're champions in this game because as long as you guys are successful we feel we're champs and we are superheroes <laughs> But back to the back to the steps. Okay, so we we just discussed your relevant core message, which is your value statement, your model, your tagline. 
your visual identity, your logo, color palette, and your font and your image. Print collateral. Those are your business cards, flyers, posters, and signs. And yes, all of these things can be digital, but there are some organizations out there, especially um, if they've been in um, nonprofit for a long time, they kick it old school and you have to mail them flyers. They want you, they want paper, they want hard copies of things. So, you know, just be respectful of that as well. If someone is telling you, hey, don't send me an email with your flyer or I'm discarding it, mail it to me, respect them and mail it to them. Printed, um, I have a printer. Um, an inkjet printer is like the best because it's like so good. It just is. And it's very um it's very crisp and it doesn't um it doesn't smudge. That's what I was trying to say. It doesn't smudge. So get you an inkjet printer if if you can afford the ink, or you know, go to FedEx or your local library because they also have inkjet printers. And like I said, no smudging. And, and no guys, for non nonprofit organizations, a little tidbit will go into that. But you're, if you're a nonprofit organization, the library is your friend. There's resources they have available for nonprofit organizations. So utilize it. You, you um, the different database systems that they have as a individual, it's very expensive when you're paying for it by yourself, but your local library has this grant database software, which would probably cost you thousands every month. They are, they are paying that bill. So all you got to do is show up and utilize it, take full advantage of it. They, right. even, um, they even have it at my college library because it's technically a public library. So if I, even when I go to school in my school library, I can do my school work and at the same time do grant research. It's a- you need a grant professional to do that because we it's know exactly what we're looking for. Cause you guys may not, but you can go through a workshop that can teach you, invest in yourself on what to look for and what to pull. Guys, I'm all about using us, but if you can do some stuff, self-help yourself, why not learn the education? You can't do everything, guys. You're going to eventually have to invest in a grant writer. You may say, I'll I save corners here, and but I need this done here. I'll do this, but I need help with this to make sure. It's going to be something that you're going to utilize a grant professional for, but we just want to be able to give you all the tools. Mm -hmm. um, so Brittany, on step 12, you were saying all the the things that they need to do, they can do all the colorful things. What else can they do as far as getting their organization um, out there? Create a website. Mm. Create a website. Let the World Wide Web know who you are. Let the searches <laughs> begin. <laughs> know who you are, what you stand for, what you utilize, what, you know, the, um, the web in itself, whatever browser search you use, I'm Google Chrome, that's me all day. Um, and you, whatever browser search you like all day, that's you. But, <laughs> but when you, um, whenever you're creating your website, you have access to more people. 
it goes outside of social media. I know that's what we love nowadays. We love, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We love those platforms as we have those platforms for Lady Grant Scribes to spread the word about grants. But it's nothing like having a website where all of that information is housed in one spot. Because when you do, um, when let's just say, uh, for example, you never heard of my Instagram, Facebook, podcast, YouTube, Twitter, you just never heard of Lady Grant Scribes via social media. But you click on the website and oh, oh, this is, and they have this, they have so, they have all the social media. Yeah. And then you can check that out yourself as well. So it's a way to connect to your audience. It's another way besides social media to connect to your audience. I, uh, somebody that I followed um, said this your um your social media is the commercial to your website and your website is like the the movie to it it's like your your um your social media is like the trailer and your website is the movie itself because you have you'll put more goodies and things on your website versus your social media and you um is best to have a, a three to five page minimum for your site, like your home about us or about me. What do what do we do? What do I do? Donate, contact, <laughs> because when you um, when you're in the startup phase of your organization, it's possible to find these online for normal costs and some for free while still relying on a professional image, which is important. So the most important thing is that you put yourself in a position to be noticed, like we were just saying. You want yeah, like to- us blogs, like podcasts. If you guys will eventually gonna be taking open calls or you can guys can call us um call us and start asking questions and we're gonna answer those questions. So it's good to just get yourself out there. Um, and there's different software guys that you need for different systems like salesforce.com is one to keep track of your accounting and processes of are you hitting those targeting the actual people that you wanted to service. Um, also like Apollos is one for the accounting part of it. So there's different software guys that will keep you on track. And you can, and Apple's have where you can build your website inside. So if you're on a budget, you want to look at things that couple a lot of things in. And Apple's specialize in nonprofit organizations and churches, um, how they're run and how they can function. So that is key, guys. We just, we done wrapped up those 12 steps. So Wait, wait, we oh, still got okay. a little more. We almost okay. done, we're almost done. Okay. So um, here's, a, here's a tip for the platforms. And mm-hmm. you've heard as mentioned some of them, but I'm still gonna, um, <laughs> I'm still gonna say them because I don't, I don't yes. think that all of them. So I did say Facebook. So you can start a business Facebook but you, it has to be, um, you can't have your business Facebook without your personal Facebook, unfortunately. Sign up for <laughs> Twitter. 
I wish they changed that, but yeah, that's true. I really do because sometimes you don't, you know, sometimes people are not, especially Facebook, especially social media, like how it is, they're not going to be like, oh, okay, well, let me just bypass Britney's personal and go right to her business. Like, you know, she, she <laughs> write the vision plainly. That's her company. Let me go right there. No. <laughs> if if you see my personal one first, you're gonna go through that and see what I've been doing personally, which it doesn't. I don't really put that much that I do because it's my personal one versus my business one. But then you know that could send a confusing message. So you know, but Instagram lets you do that, and which is strange because Facebook owns Instagram, so they should incorporate that anyway. Twitter. Yeah. We're gonna start ranting. Facebook <laughs> cook us up. We need to change the little suggestion box. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> this is not sponsored by Facebook either. Um, sign up for Twitter. Um, I don't know if most people know, but most of nonprofits and funders are on Twitter. So make a Twitter account, create an Instagram profile that shows off your good work i do that instagram i love instagram <laughs> hashtag not spawned by twitter or instagram either <laughs> raise awareness and funds with a gofundme or your donation page that's one of them but they have um like gofundme they have other platforms that are like charitable organizations that will let you do that where you're raising funds for spreading the message that you want to spread then i don't believe that's the same as patreon i don't believe no it's, it's patreon is a little different like patreon gets more maybe into a specific project that you want to um launch but go find me like hey this is my organization fund us to be able to do overall picture and patreon you can be kind of specific um per project okay and the and the last tidbit here is contact your family and friends and let them in on the good news they may yes. you know they may turn out to be some of your best supporters and that's that's exactly <laughs> what happened to me i was all extra scared to put my business out there of, write the vision plainly I'm a grant consultant but then those very people that I'm thinking oh oh you're gonna be against me they were like why didn't you tell me why did you say anything sooner of course of course I'm gonna support you so so that's it but just uh just for a little recap so your um, federal tax ID or your EIN number, filing your, your 1023 IRS form or 1023-EZ, applying for your bank account as well as your DUNS number or your UEN or unique entity number, setting up your back office, your account systems, and now your brand. Now sharing your brand with the world as well as friend, friend, uh, family and friends. I totally nailed that. <laughs> yes, you did. You did an excellent job. We look pat ourselves on the back. We're up here helping nonprofit organizations structure the right way, right? Right. So we definitely want to 
in you guys to be equipped with the right armor on you, like superheroes that you are, saving your communities and neighborhoods, grassroots. So let's grassroot on this great foundation with making sure that we have the ultimate 12 steps checklist of a startup organization, guys. And you got it here first at Lady Grant Scribes. So guys, remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, with is Brit and Lexi. And on Instagram, we are um, Lady Grant Scribes Podcast. And on Twitter, we are um, Grant Scribes. So make sure you follow us, guys. Did I forget one? I said Facebook. I said Instagram. I said Twitter. YouTube. You didn't yeah, say YouTube. You, YouTube. You want to follow us? Go ahead, Brit. What's our YouTube? I lady, have no idea. Lady yeah, Grant. it's Lady Grant Scribes. <laughs> We're still um, Lady Grant Scribes on YouTube. Yep. So, so pretty much everything is Lady Grant Scribes, guys, besides our um, Facebook and no Twitter. Choice. Twitter is Grant Scribes. Oh yeah, Facebook and Twitter are a little bit different, but yeah, everything is pretty much Lady Grant Scribes. So the scribes are here, y'all. The scribes are here. Yes, here we're here. The channel is here, y'all. We knocking out all these myths, putting into place, um, knocking in the right foundation. So thank you guys. You have been scribes by Lady Grant Scribes. I am signing out as your host, Lexi Williams and host Brittany C. Yep. Yes, yes, we're doing it. We changing lives in these streets. <laughs> All right, guys, until next time, be blessed, be safe, and guys, know that you can change the world that you want to see. So after you've been all, After all, we are make, taking the first steps to change the world. So if we can do it, you can do it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that so, smiles, guys, because if you still got breath in your body, Listen, it's a beautiful day, a beautiful day to make change and just give the most high all the praise. So we got this, right? We got this together. All right. See y'all later. Deuces. You've been scribed by Lady Grant Scribes. Tune in every Friday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time.